0: to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is, what is this? Today is Thursday. My goodness, the the week just moves along. It's Thursday, December 14th, 2017 for the uh, 4 p.m. installment of LOA Today, Your Daily Dose of Happy. And um, this has been a day of happy for me because, Wendy, I am making progress in the, I don't want to call it a battle, in the endeavor (laughs) there you go well well
1: wordedly
2: chosen that's right
0: in the the endeavor to clear up the (laughs) noise. and 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 we actually i think have gotten rid of the internet drops um there are a couple of little static things that happen occasionally but we're going to clear out those too so we are now on the verge of a whole series of shows that are issue free i love it (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's awesome,
1: and thank you so much for your diligence and continuing to work through that until we're at a great place.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, it's nice to be appreciated. It it it's one of those things where I mean, I've always been technically oriented, as you and I have talked about previously, and you know, so you know what it's like because you have you're technically oriented too. When when you're going after it, you just kind of dive in and you don't stop. You just keep going and right. keep going, and and actually that. Uh-huh. That serves well many times, but it can also work against you because if you keep going and keep going and you're pounding your head against the wall, you just get more opportunities to pound your head against the wall. And I had a few of those recently. <laughs> <laughs> but the good I news understand. the good news is Let's I started start from scratch. I started from scratch. I basically yeah. rebuilt the entire laptop with a complete reinstall. And my initial tests with it are that it is primo. It is working beautifully. Uh-huh. So... I'm still on my wife's laptop for this show, but I think as of tomorrow morning, I'll be on my own, and uh, it'll be great to be home again, shall we say.
1: <laughs> That's great. Well, hey, I'm really curious. I mean, do you want to call that your win, or do you have another win?
0: That's been my entire day. So, oh, um, okay. I mean, literally, my entire week, for the most part, has just been trying to <laughs> resolve all these little glitchy thingies <laughs> that insist on sticking around wow. and are now going away. Um wow. Let's see.
1: Well, this show is all about providing the, a daily dose of happiness, and I know that brings you a, a huge dose of happiness and a big smile on your face. I can hear it in your voice.
0: And a lot of relief, too, because that's the best thing that happens. When I, when I resolve these issues, it's like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> it's like I can let it all go now.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and I want to say that what I love about how the law of attraction always works is that there's just perfect synchronicity if we pay attention. And most of the time, and our listeners would not know this necessarily, but most of the time you're the one who comes up with the topic. This is true. And today, probably about an hour before the show, I knew I had the topic and I sent it to you in an email. Woo-hoo! And... When you and I connected, you hadn't even had a chance to check your email, and the first thing you said was, I don't even have a topic. And "And I do. I mean, how synchronistically perfect is that?
0: There's my second win for the day. I didn't have to come up with a topic up against the deadline. This is great.
1: It is so great. And I was thinking, I hope he doesn't have one. I'm like, no, I know we'll go with this one. It's all good. So this topic comes out of my life experience that I'm experiencing right now.
2: Oh, okay. And
1: And the topic is... Why do we focus on what is when what is doesn't feel good?
0: And we're so good at that, too.
1: And, you know, i got to tell you, on some levels I thought I was over it. But, you know, (laughs) life experience will let you know what you're really over and what things you still have some things to clean up vibrationally. So I'll tell this uh, just to set it up. Last night um it was my girlfriend's birthday and so we met to you know go celebrate her birthday at a restaurant. So we were on my driveway and she had decided she wanted to drive cuz she's in a cute little new car. And um we walked up to my car and I I looked at the door and I went, "Oh, it's ajar." So I like was about to push it closed when I realized there was a whole bunch of stuff on my on my the passenger seat. And to know anything about me is to know I have a spotless car
2: uh-huh. it
1: always is clean and so i opened the door and i realized it's all this stuff that was from my glove box Ooh! and i realized somebody had rifled my through my car yeah and all all the contents of the glove box was on the passenger seat and they had opened up like the, the you know the that's between the two seats And my girlfriend's like, oh, my gosh, did they get anything? And I said, well, here's the good thing. I have zero valuable things in my car. never keep valuables in my car. So I'm looking through, and I literally can inventory everything with my eyes because I know how little I keep in my car. (laughs) And I went, oh, whoever did this must have been so disappointed. They didn't even get loose change. I mean, nothing.
0: (laughs) No wonder everything was out on the seat. They were just trying to find something to take.
1: I mean, there were four Abraham CDs in the arm, you know, and I'm like, that's the value to me, and they didn't take those, so I guess they didn't recognize value when they thought. I guess not. So anyway, my girlfriend's kind of making a few comments about like, oh, wow, that's really bad, and she had had somebody rifle through her car one time on my driveway months ago. Oh, my. And I know my ex-husband had that happen like three or four times, but I am so good at always locking my doors that... You know, I can tell whoever's doing it, they're not, they don't break windows. They just like look for open car doors. Well, I guess I must have left my car door open one time, right? Yeah. But I am so not worried about it. Like, I'm not, I don't even want to talk about it because to me, it's a non issue. And this is where I'm feeling really good about myself. Oh,
2: well, that's good. Because
1: here's a what is.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, you know what? I don't even want to give this air time with conversation. <laughs> and so. We, I turn around because I want to go get in her car so we could head off to the restaurant and celebrate. Right. And apparently, in my turning, I sort of fell off my shoe because my sh- I had like slides, you know, where you slide your feet into them.
2: Oh, oh, okay. And I
1: fell. I twisted my ankle. Ooh. And the next thing I knew, me and the concrete were face-to-face.
2: Wow. Uh, like I literally
1: felt my cheek just scrape across the concrete. Wow. And what's fascinating is she, she didn't see it happen. She had already like, she was already at her car, but then she noticed I wasn't there and <laughs> she came back <out laughs> looking for me. <laughs> and I was just a few feet in front of her, just splayed out on the concrete. And she went, Oh my God, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. Just let me sit here for a moment. And I could feel all the different parts of my body that had like made contact with the concrete. And I was just letting my body settle
2: mm-hmm. I
1: wasn't getting upset because again here I'm feeling like even with something like this I'm so proud of myself I'm not upset I'm not angry I'm just kind of like sinking into when I feel I can get up and it won't be a jolt to my body So, right. I get up and I'm like almost in shock because I was wearing this really nice outfit none of it tore none of it even had scrape marks on it I had like the teeny teeny, teeny little bit of like a scraped knee, you know, the kind that you get when you're a kid. And I just kind of laugh and went, oh, that'll be fine in a week. Right. You know, I had little teeny, teeny scrape on my pinky. You know, I could kind of feel my cheek, but it was like no skin was broken. And I'm just thinking, wow, I really like dodged a bullet. And I'm yeah. like, thank you, universe. This is so cool. So we get in the car and she's still thinking like, oh, my God, I can't believe you fell. I said, I know. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, but all is well we go off to the restaurant now as far as i'm concerned everything's all better right Mm -hmm. you know we're on our way i'm not hurt we go to the restaurant we're eating this food and it was like a food orgy we're like oh my god this tastes so good what it was one of those kinds of meals those are good yes and so near the end of the meal i said i'm going to go off to the restaurant before we leave and i get up to go and i'm limping severely Ooh. and i'm like huh all right, I guess I did something to my ankle when I twisted it and that's what caused me to fall on the ground. Yeah. And I didn't, again, I'm not thinking that much of it except, wow, I guess I need to get it home and, you know, put it up and put some ice on it. So we get home, and my girlfriend's a massage therapist, so she understands the body and structure and whatever. And so she's saying, well, do you know, do you have this? Do you have an ace bandage? Blah, 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 blah. And so I'm putting ice on it, and I'm not thinking anything more except, okay, it'll it'll be fine. But here's the thing, and this is the topic of the day. I'm so aware that I've now hurt myself, and I'm already projecting into today, which yesterday it would have been called tomorrow,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm already projecting in today of who I'm going to tell that I fell down, <laughs> and that I had this really bad sprain on my ankle. <laughs> and I notice I'm projecting that into what my conversations will be the next day, and I'm like, Wendy, What you know is if you talk about what is and it doesn't feel good, all you're going to do is keep creating it or prolonging the pain or whatever, but it's not good. But for the longest time, I kept thinking about, i got to tell somebody about this. (laughs) Like this was bad. It was unexpected. It was really bad, and my Mm -hmm. ankle hurts really horrible.
0: Oh, yeah. So
1: this is what I'm focused on. (laughs) Even though I know what I know about, don't give attention to things you don't want.
0: Isn't that annoying?
2: But,
1: so I'm lying in bed with, I have one of those, um, I have a sleep number bed that has one of those um, remote controls where you can ele- elevate the feet, the head, and there's a massage feature on it. That's handy. So it is very, so I like elevate the feet, I have a pillow under my legs, you know, I've elevated the head, I've got all this stuff going on, and I've got the, the, the cold pack, you know, on my ankle. And so again, I'm thinking, I'm doing good. I'm going to be fine by morning. So about an hour goes by and I have to go to the restroom. Oh my God, I thought I'd die. The pain was so excruciating. I mean, it's gotten worse. It's so excruciating. My left foot is like so swollen, you cannot see an ankle bone at all. It's just one giant blob of a foot. And I could barely make it to the bathroom. Mm. And I'm like, this is not cool because I have a two-story house, and my bedroom's on the second floor. Oh, no. <laughs> I, won't even be, I won't even be able to go down the stairs. I mean, again, I'm really projecting all of the horror of this. But here's the weird thing, Walt. I'm feeling this horrible pain, but at the same time, Wendy knows better. I know better. I know better than to give focus on this. But I couldn't not do it. I mean, I don't know if couldn't is the right word, but it felt like there was so much momentum in the focusing on the pain and the focusing on what's going to happen tomorrow and, you know, am I going to need somebody to help me? Um, And then there would be moments I'd say, okay, just distract. You know, when I finally made it back to the bed and re-propped everything up, I'm like, just watch TV. Watch something stupid, something (laughs) that will get your attention so you can get the focus off of this. And even when I was watching TV, it's like I kept staring at my foot. I kept staring at my foot, kept trying to move it. You know, I could, I could not even move my toes. I mean, that's how much inflammation there was. But I'm like, what is the deal? So that's kind of the topic I want to talk about as much, be, as much in terms of me trying to figure out what I'm doing, why I'm holding on to this versus, it, versus just being able to let it go because I know that that's the truth I want to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping if we open up this topic, and maybe somebody wants to call, why don't you tell them how to call in if they want to call oh, sure. on this
0: topic? Yeah, if you want to call in, please do. The uh, number is 860-264-5432. That's 860-264-5432. And if you'd like to do it via Skype account, our Skype account, I know it's weird, is Libertarian TV. so just look for Libertarian TV, and you'll get us. And sure, we'd love to okay. have you call in. Um, cool. But I have to tell you, there are so many times in my life when I have asked myself very much the same question that you're asking. Why is it that I can't take my mind off of this thing that is just driving me nuts? (laughs) It can be driving me nuts physically. It can be driving me nuts mentally, emotionally. As long as it's something where it just has completely grabbed my attention, it's truly amazing how difficult it is sometimes to just release it. it's it's like the goo that won't come off the fingers, you know you shake it and you, 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 you try to rub it off with the other hand and it gets onto the other hand and it's just it just doesn't go away and and it's frustrating there's no doubt about it i I can tell you I have two things that I think about when I can get my mind off of it long enough to think about it. <laughs> okay and and that is the first one is we have so much negative training that we get throughout our lives that it's a wonder we ever break away from it so the wonder isn't that we sometimes get stuck and can't seem to get away from it the wonder is that we get away at all
2: and that's really good news
0: (laughs) the fact that we can get away at all means hey there's hope here yeah i'm currently stuck but good news is i won't be stuck forever hooray (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually going to get out of this stupid rut that I'm in right now. The other thing that uh, helps me a lot when I'm trying to, to you know, deal with all this is to remember what Mike Dooley says. Mike Dooley says, don't worry about what he calls the horrible hows. The horrible hows are all about f- trying to figure out how something you're going to manifest or you're wanting to manifest is going to happen. And I realized that it also applies to stuff that you don't want to manifest, and you're trying to figure out how to stop it from manifesting. Actually, the worst thing we, we can do, and we know this, is to stop, is to continue to think, how is it going to happen? How is it going to work out? How am I going to make this happen? And the moment that you're thinking about how is the moment that you're stuck. <laughs> That's what's sticking you. It's the act of thinking how is what's sticking you. So, as crazy as it seems when you're in the middle of a know a craziness like that the first thing you have to do is say i don't care about how i just don't care all i care about is result and result that i want is feel good or however you want to phrase it in other words you stick to the results and does that always work for me am i always able to do that no (laughs) i wish i could say i could but i have a higher likelihood of doing it i have a higher likelihood of getting my mind off that craziness when i Focus on those two things, on the fact that I can't control the house and on the fact that at least I have a very good chance of getting out of this because it's possible for me. I have done it before. I, I know that I am not always stuck, so that's good news. It means I'm not going to stay stuck here. And, and now I'm slowly taking myself inch by inch off of the topic of I'm
2: stuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, when there's something that you want really bad – um, it's hard not to focus on it because that's kind of what you're talking about. But at the same time, when there's something going on in your body or that you're presented with every day, like if you go to a job and there's somebody that you just don't like to be around because they always face things or do things that just don't feel good, you know, and yet that's where your livelihood is it's really hard not to focus on how do I avoid, you know, so-and-so in the hallway because I don't want them to stop and say all this negative stuff to me. And it's like we have physical circumstances where if it's something you kind of can't avoid, those are the things that it's really harder. It's much harder to distract yourself from those thoughts.
0: It kind of reminds me of the military, because I I have not been in the military, but I've seen enough TV and read enough and talked to enough people who were in the military to find out just how rotten boot camp can really be. And when you're in boot camp, one of the things they make you do is they make you do things under pressure where you're in an uncomfortable position, an uh, position, uncomfortable circumstance, and you're not allowed to, in essence, scratch the itch. You're not allowed to react to that thing. You're supposed to focus on some other thing that they're making you focus on. Now, it's, it's all done through force, and they humiliate you if you don't do it, and so it, it's kind of like the, the miserable way to get to the point of having self-control. But nevertheless, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to help the soldier maintain a degree of self-control under the most trying circumstances. I'm not advocating the boot camp approach at all. I'm just saying it points to the <laughs> fact that you, we can actually do it. We can actually get there. And, and when we're in that place, this is so easy for me to say because I'm not in that place right now. But when we're in that place where we're just trying so hard to not focus on the thing, and by doing that, we focus on the thing. And every time we try to move away, we can't focus on it because we're focusing on the thing again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's an opportunity. This is a good thing. It's an opportunity to practice distracting ourselves. Um, one thing that I do know is that it, you can't stop doing a thing. You can't just say, I, you know, it's like just say no is probably the worst program that was ever invented by the government. Just say no mm-hmm. never, ever works because you can't just make it a negative. You can't just negate something. You have to replace it with something else. If you want to get rid of a bad habit, you have to replace it with a good habit. If you want to uh, get rid of a bad activity, you have to replace it with a good activity. Otherwise, you're stuck. You're going to continue to focus on No, 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 no.
1: (laughs) Well, in the moment you say, just say no, the brain says no to what? Yeah. And then you focus on that thing that you're wanting to say no to, and now you've already focused on that thing. Yep. Which is why if you want to say yes, that has a better chance of sticking because... Yes, to what?
0: Right. Now you're changing your mind. And now you're fo- changing your focus. And
1: you're focusing on the thing you really do want. Right. So, I mean, that that's kind of one way of doing it. Um, I just find physical things, whether they're physical in your environment or physical with your body, um, at least for me, I find those um, not nearly as easy <laughs> as other things.
2: <laughs> Nicely phrased. You know, even, Nicely like, phrased.
1: Either, even like the technical stuff. Um, that's in your environment, and because you're now doing a daily podcast, your equipment and all the technical stuff working well is really important to you. Oh, yes. So it's like it's in your face constantly. And so over these three weeks, now that you've been doing a show twice a day for three weeks, um, it's really in your face. And so in a way, it doesn't surprise me that it got worse before it got better. <laughs>
0: Well, it's like the boot camp. I'm I'm mean, doing it every day, twice a day while trying to shake the bugs out is certainly all about doing it the same way you do it in boot camp. You're doing it in the face of adversity and you got to find some way to pull yourself over to that side you know you need to be on, even though it's not feeling comfortable in the middle of it. I mean, that's what I was mm-hmm. trying to do with, with the technical issues is, you know, as you pointed out, I, I was getting stuck on the whole cycle of it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. So... You know, over the last few days, especially, it's been about, never mind that it's not working. We're going to get there. We're going to solve this thing, and it's going to, have to be solved quickly. And somebody's going to come along with an idea that's going to say to me, wow, that's the quick way to get there. Or, you know, I, I play games like that to just get myself into the feeling mode of, this is going to go away. This is going to relax. I'm going to relax. I'm relaxing right now. I'm feeling better. This is turning into something good. It's already fixing itself. And, you know, just talking myself into it, talking myself in the direction that I want was- to get to
1: that was an awesome rampage. By the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was a really good positive rampage. I liked it. <laughs> well, it was, it was right
0: out of the real world because that's exactly what I was saying to myself over the last few days. I just kept t- 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 I, I, it was like a wrestling match. I'm going to push it over to it's going to be over here. No, it's not going over there. It's coming over here. No, it's not going over there. It's coming over here.
1: So just to kind of go into the next part of my story. So I, I usually wake up at least once a night to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't surprise me when I finally fell asleep, I woke up because I had to go to the bathroom. And so at this point, um, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to do something different, and I'm going to try to wiggle my toes and try to wiggle my ankle a little bit so that I don't put my feet on the floor and everything's really stiff. Mm-hmm. And I noticed when I did that, that helped a little. Yes, it was still very painful Good. going from the bed to the bathroom. But it's like, all right, it's helping a little. And because there was just that little bit of ease, it gave me a sense of encouragement. And, like, also before I went to sleep, I had rubbed this pain-relieving analgesic gel thing that I had a sample of from my chiropractor all over my foot. And I went, "This, I can tell this is feeling better. Good. You know, it was like just, if nothing else, bringing circulation you know, into it because I was moving my foot around. So it was like I had two points of encouragement. And (laughs) this has never happened. Six times I got up to go to the bathroom last night. Six times. (laughs) (laughs) And each time there was a little bit more improvement. And so each time I'd say, okay, it's getting better, it's getting better. And I was reminding myself, I'm magical. I'm very magical because I'm really good at creation when I focus on the right stuff and I'm like, so, you know, I'm, I'm touching my foot and I'm bringing circulation to the, t- to, you know, whatever's a problem. And I'm like, and my cells, they know exactly what to do. You know, I don't have to tell it what to do. My body already knows what to do and it's all about healing. Um, I don't have to hope and beg and pray that that's what happens. That's what my body's all about. And so by the time I woke up this morning, I was shocked at how it was still, you know, uh, I could still tell there was inflammation there. But all of a sudden, I had the ability to walk on my heel Mm. without pain. Because, like, the twist was up in the upper part by my ankle. Uh Uh-huh. But my heel was now not inflamed anymore. Very good. And I could walk on my heel. So I'm like, okay, this is better. So I go to my office, which, thank goodness, is on the second floor like my bedroom is, so I didn't have to walk down the stairs and i got into my job and now i had some perfect distraction i wasn't thinking about my foot and my ankle anymore cuz sure. i was busy with my job yeah and then probably by mid morning um i was hungry and i thought i think i can ha- i can make it down the stairs so i did the thing where you go one foot on one stair and you bring the other foot to the same stair it was right. a slow process but i made it down the stairs i'm sure. like hey i'm proud of myself i made it down my own stairs yeah so, and then I brought the, the cold pack upstairs and I just like rested my foot on it while I was working. And overall, all day long, it's been getting better and better. Very good. But yet, here, here's the thing. Thank you. I'm talking to a coworker. I'm doing some training with her and we start with, hi, how is your day? Everything in me wants to tell her how my day really is.
2: <laughs> sure.
0: Of course.
1: Everything in me wants to say, you wouldn't believe this thing that happened to me last night. But one of the things that stopped me, and it's interesting that this was the thing that stopped me, is she's somebody who will take a negative experience and take it to the nth degree, and she'll tell me every person she's ever known in her life who's had that same experience.
0: That's good incentive.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I went, I really don't want to hear that.
0: Yeah, that's really good incentive.
1: Keep your mouth shut and just say, my day is wonderful, thanks for asking. (laughs) But all day long, I really did have it in the back of my head. I want to tell someone. I really want to tell someone. So now, what I haven't yet done is that I haven't stopped to ask myself, what do I think I could gain by telling someone?
0: Well, one thing you you gained was you gained a topic for us.
1: (laughs) Yay! (laughs) 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 Well, and I am... And I did. Really, that's so funny, Walt. It's I didn't really think about this, and I thought, okay, so I haven't told anybody else, but I'm now going to put it on a podcast recording.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, do you know, I even want to even mention it because I'm trying so hard to like not. And I went, oh, but it's a really good teaching moment, and, and maybe it'll give other people food for thought. And it sure, I would like to have food for thought on this topic, so I'm like, oh, I'll do it anyway. But but what but, happened right there? I,
0: I got I to gotta interrupt and point out something. Right there, yeah. we turned it into a funny, and we both laughed. And what I was thinking about leading up to that was asking you, had you tried laughter as a therapy for relieving the pain? And here we were actually doing it.
1: Well, no, I didn't, and i got to tell you, I don't think I could have manufactured this level of
2: laughter last
0: night. <laughs> it's hard. It's definitely hard, but it's worth going yeah, for. I mean, it's going for it I mean, because when you go for it and you hit it, even if you hit it just a little bit, every single physical laugh we do sends a jolt of healing to whatever needs healing, every single one. Even if it's just a little bit, you don't have to be laughing for a half an hour. Every single little laugh sends healing. It's amazing.
1: That is nice. So if I hurt myself again, I'm going to call you up and say, start the podcast right now. We've got some things to laugh about.
0: Actually, who's your favorite comedian?
1: Um, the only one I can think of offhand is Roseanne Barr. Okay. I, mean, I know that's like ages ago, but she always made me laugh, and her television show has always made me laugh.
0: Do you have anything recorded of her?
1: Oh, the entire series of Roseanne. They all make me laugh.
0: Then pull out Roseanne next time something like this happens and you really need the the reinforcement. And sit Mm -hmm. down, watch the program, and then wherever there's a point that comes in the program that you know you normally would have laughed at, force yourself to laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Make yourself laugh. (laughs) I know that sounds weird. I know it does. I'm telling you, Wendy, it really works. Because cause eventually, well, you do that a few times, eventually the laughs start to become real. And when they start to become real, the healing kicks into gear in, in a big way.
1: That sounds like a really good therapy, Then, and I'll try that. Because I do know, like right now, my go-to TV watching is the Big Bang Theory. Because it makes me just laugh all the time.
2: Well, that's a good but one.
1: Sometimes I'm, I'm multitasking, and so I'm not like laughing out loud. But if I'm present and not doing anything else and just watching... I will laugh out loud without trying to. It's like Good. because it just is funny to me. Um, and that's what I was watching last night. So who knows, maybe even though I wasn't doing a belly laugh where it was out loud, I'm. you know, you have a great point. Maybe I was laughing internally, but it was still causing me to feel a little bit of positivity.
0: And, and that's you know, why and you you experienced, you experienced very... Incremental slow improvements. I'm willing to bet you if you had actually been able to get yourself pushed yourself to laugh, 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 laugh. I'll bet you you would have awake, awoken in the morning and just been amazed at how much better your foot was.
1: That, that's very possible. I mean, because already, I, based on how painful it was last night, I th- this is just a guess, but I'm thinking in the world of anybody else who isn't who doesn't think the way I do and isn't always working towards feeling better, I mean, like continually, mm-hmm. I don't think I could have felt this good by this morning. I think it would have taken it oh, three or four days doubtless. before I would have gotten to the point that I can walk on it, you know, on, at least on my heel. And it wouldn't surprise me if it's completely, completely back to normal in, in the next two days.
0: Sure. Of course. Um, yeah. I, and you're absolutely I, right. That, that's the fact that you built that up as a skill an ongoing skill, serves you immensely well in this situation.
1: So, you know, come on, Shelton, bring me more laughter on the Big Bang (laughs) Theory. There you go. But, you know, you're right, because um, on the cable TV that I have, they'll usually run about six episodes on one station, and then they rerun those same six episodes on their sister's station as soon as the other station does. So I had, like, back-to-back 12 episodes. Right. And, you know, I thought I should have been able to fall asleep, but it, it it kept me awake. But I'm like, I just kept going from one to the next episode to the next to the next. And even though I just saw one of them a couple hours ago, I still think it's funny.
0: Which is good because that makes it easier to get the, the physical laugh going. When you find that it's mm-hmm. funny, you, you know how it is with the comedians. I think we talked about this uh, earlier in the week. If, if you're listening to a stand-up uh, comedy routine the the comedian is trying to get you to laugh and then immediately laugh at the next thing and then immediately laugh at the next thing they're trying to get you to do three or four multiple mm-hmm. laughs in a row knowing that if you do that you're in laugh mode and once they got you in laugh yeah. mode almost any joke they tell you no matter how bad it is you'll laugh at it and now it's just how quickly can we hit you with more jokes so that we can keep you laughing it's the same phenomenon. and so, you, you can do it for yourself. That's the, we can take advantage of the fact that we like to laugh. We are the animal know, that I laughs. I do like
1: to laugh. It's fun.
0: It <laughs> is. I, like
1: to, I mean, even, even laughter right now feels good. Yeah. It feels really good. And, you know, while you were saying that, here's the question that I have been asking myself since this happened. You know, and since I've had this really acute awareness, I just want to tell somebody what happened to me. And yet I'm trying to push it down by saying no, because, you know, that's working against you getting better, because it's not making you feel better. Yet, what I recognize is when something feels compelling, there's something else going on. And so, you know, being a coach, I'm always about what's underneath the surface. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking myself right now, what is it about telling somebody that's such a big deal? And... The, the thought that's been there all day, but I haven't said it out loud because I haven't, I've been working all day, so I haven't had a chance, but I'll say it now, is I really wanted the attention from somebody. Oh. And so then I asked myself the next question, and why? What Or what is it about getting attention that you think will feel good? And what came to me, you know, as I was asking this question just a moment ago, was I rarely have anything wrong with me and yet everybody else in my family seems to have wonderful dramas and traumas and they get all sorts of attention and it seemed when i was a kid that seemed to be like an appealing thing and i didn't get that because i was very self-reliant i mean even if i stepped on a nail and i remember doing this it was a <laughs> the ultimate rusty nail <laughs> oh, literally the 2 inch nail and i'm walking around barefoot outside i step on this nail I sit on a curb, and I just did one of those things where I internally bit the bullet, and I yanked it out. It hurt like heck, and it bled a little bit. I spit on it. I know this sounds stupid, but, you know, I was 19. What can I tell you? <laughs> I spit on it. I cleaned it off. I did not go in the house. I did not put a bandage on it, and I continued to walk around barefoot. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> I hadn't had a tetanus shot in probably 10-plus years. I am not, I'm not suggesting anybody do what I did. But my point is, that's the kind of thing that would happen to me, and I didn't tell anybody. And so nobody got to dote all over me. Nobody you know, was like, oh, my gosh, let's take care of you. It's like I took care of myself.
0: So, of course, it makes sense. The question that would be uppermost in your mind is, when is Wendy's turn?
1: Thank you. (laughs) Exactly.
0: When does Wendy get the attention?
1: Because So here I am, I'm taking the attention in a really big way now. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: and, and, and the, the thing is, in our society, negative situations do get lots of attention. So it's not terribly surprising that people get involved in negative situations in order to get attention, because that's what pays, it pays off. What you're doing here, though, is actually more than telling the story to get some attention, I think. Because what, I, what I'm i hearing you do, and this is what you do normally anyway, because like you said, you have this very strong uh, pattern that you developed over the years of being a positive person, you are telling your story differently. I mean, the way the story originally happened is the one story, and now you're trying to find ways to turn it into a different kind of story, a better feeling story. And you're doing it, I think, subconsciously. I don't think you're doing it consciously. Tell me if you are doing it consciously. Maybe you are.
1: No, because I really brought this topic to the table today because to me, I just had this giant question: Why do I keep doing this?
0: Okay. Well, if you play back, you know, if you play back this episode after we're done, I think you'll find that you're. You, you, you can hear it in your words. You're trying to find ways to reframe it and turn it into something other than what it was, even while you're trying to get the attention.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, and if I'm wanting to get the attention for reasons that don't really serve me, I really don't want that kind of attention.
0: Yeah, really, nobody wants that kind of attention. What you want is the attention yeah. that's positive attention, that's on the good things, which mm-hmm. is that's one of the reasons we do this podcast. We do it in order yeah. to reward. The good stuff. We live in a society where all the bad stuff gets rewarded. Well, how about the good stuff? Let's reward the good stuff for a change. Because good stuff happens and we deserve a pat in the back when we're involved in that good stuff. So, okay, reach around on the shoulder plate. Pat, pat, pat. All right. That's a new experience for most of us. Most of us don't do that most of the time. That's why we do LOA today. We want to change the pattern so that everybody is saying, hey, let's reward the good stuff.
1: Well, you know, I asked um, a couple coaches that I'm friends with, you know, um, when you're in a negative place or when you're really struggling through something, you know, I said, for me personally, it's like I want to share that with either my email list or, or people who are following me. And I said, do you guys do that? And the response was, well, I do it but not while I'm in it. I wait until I'm on the other side and feeling good and I have found the resolve and I have the positive outcome so that I can share that
2: mm-hmm.
1: with my people and encourage them. Mm-hmm. And part of me agrees with that, but I have to say there's something about that that sticks me just a little bit because, I, it, it, you know, if there's somebody I believe in anyway, I kind of want to know who they are when, even when they're real and they're raw. Mm. I'm not going to remove my love or or, um, adoration from them just because they're having a real-life experience. As a matter of fact, I'll probably like them even more because they're willing to share it.
0: Yeah, heaven forbid they have a real-life experience. We can't have those. (laughs) And so I'll
1: be honest with you. For just a a few moments, I went, do I really want to talk about this now? Because I'm not on the other side of it.
2: But you're getting there. And I went,
1: I really do. I really do want to talk about it now because this is who I I want to be when I'm with anybody. I want to be raw. I want to be vulnerable. I want to share my ups and I want to share my downs. Sure. Because I listen to our podcasts, I listen to the recordings, and sometimes, you know, my thought is, wow, I'm really on the plus side a lot.
2: Which and is good. I'm,
1: I'm thinking for the most part, that's good. It is very good. But I I don't want to be so imbalanced in what I present that anybody would think, oh, I can't relate to Wendy because she never has a down day. I can't relate to Wendy because she's already come to the other side of figuring out how to do Law of Attraction. You know, this this is me showing up today going, I don't have this one conquered. This was the rough one for me, you know. And who knows if I'll be over it and I'll share that side of me tomorrow or the next day. But I thought, you know what, I'm willing to show up and just share where I'm at. And if I don't get an answer today, it's Okay. And there's really you nothing wrong with that. Answers immediately.
0: Just because the goal is to feel good, just because the goal is to stay as positive as we can, doesn't mean you can't ever have a bad experience. How could it? Because if it did mean that, it would mean that we would have to feel good without contrast. And the one thing Abraham keeps reiterating over and over and over again, contrast is necessary to our growth, to our experience, to what happens in our lives. And in fact, we can't really get from A to B where A is the worst part and B is the best part unless we're in the worst part first. (laughs) You have to be there before you can go to the other part. Otherwise, it's not a contrast. So, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. The only time that, I don't even think the word wrong even applies, but if we're going to use the word wrong, the only time it's wrong, so to speak, is if you decide to stay stuck there. And and even there, it's only wrong if you want to be out of being stuck. If you like the place of being stuck, then it's still not wrong. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and the only thing that's wrong about the, about okay. being in the stuck place when you want to get out is, the only thing that's wrong about that is it's just the wrong place. It's not morally wrong. It's not ethically wrong. It's just, no, that's not the choice I had in mind. I have another choice in mind, and that's where I'm trying to get to. And that's the only way that it's really wrong.
1: Well, you know, the way we know we're aligned to source energy, the way we know we're aligned to being in that receiving mode, to receive, you know, all the things that you, we've been desiring is by how we feel in the given moment. Yes. And I will tell you that once I finished talking about three minutes ago, something settled inside of me like, oh, like a refreshing, oh, nice. like a fresh breeze, like, oh, I feel so good. Like, not that I unburdened myself on you or those who are listening, but that I unburdened myself of feeling I have to hold this in and I can't be real because. Some of my peers choose not to do that. And so I was setting my own expectation that, see, I can't do that kind of thing because they don't do that kind of thing. And so in a way, I just shattered my own glass ceiling because I I broke through one of my rules that said you can't ever do this. You can't be raw and ragged, not when you're trying to encourage people. And I went ahead and I said I'm going to be raw and ragged today because that's what, that's what I feel to do. Uh, and i got to tell you, it feels really, really good.
0: It, uh, it should feel really good. Um, this morning's show was with Joel Elston, and Joel, I'm sure, would agree with you because he actually celebrates the bad places he was in. Hmm. He actually, he he says they are the best things that ever happened in his life. Not because they were bad and or because he should be enjoying a bad thing, but because of where he was able to get to after them. If he had, he says, if he hadn't experienced those bad things, but he is convinced that the great stuff that came afterward, after those things could never have happened. It was the experience of the bad things that gave him the springboard to move on to the better stuff in a big, big way and to really help him focus on the big stuff, the the really big stuff that happened in a big, big way, much better than he could have without having that really bad stuff in the background. Now, does he want to repeat the bad stuff? No, he doesn't want to repeat it, but he does celebrate it. He says, the, I mean, to give one example that i mentioned to you before, one of the best things that ever happened to him is the day he had to eat out of the garbage can at the back of the McDonald's in Las Vegas. Uh. And simply because of everything that he learned as a result of that, not you know, that it's bad to eat out of a garbage can. He already knew that part. <laughs> but all the, all the different things about how the law of attraction works and how he was able to turn that into a career, and it was a career that he loved, and he ended up having one good experience after another, and they were all springboards that started with him eating out of a dumpster in the back of a McDonald's. That's why he loves that so much. Not because he wanted to relive it again, but because it led to so many great things, so he doesn't hesitate for a second to talk about those things. The difference, I think, between you and him on the one hand and other people is that many people, when they want to unburden themselves, they don't really want to unburden themselves. They want to keep reliving it in somebody else's presence. So that kind of person will not only tell you the story, But then they'll tell it again and then they'll tell it again from a different angle. And then if you show them that they really couldn't, they didn't have to look at that way, they'll find another way to show you that they really should be stuck in that place. And then they'll show you how it affected their friends and how it affected their wife and their husband and their kids. And by the way, it also affected them the next day and the next day. And it continued to affect them in all kinds of different ways. They don't want to stop telling the story. That's the difference. You wanted to tell stop telling the story. You didn't want to stay there. But the people Ew. who are stuck, they want they want to live there. They want to celebrate. They want to say, Oh yeah, I've been beaten up. I have been abused. I have been taken advantage of, and I'm just gonna keep telling you and telling you that because that's the only way I can rebuild my energy. There's a huge difference there. You go, Walt. <laughs> <tough>.
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, I know you're telling the story that was Joel's. But I also heard that you have internalized the essence of what he learned from it and you've made it yours.
0: Oh, yeah. Because we talked about that over the course of many episodes in many different contexts. And you hear that often enough and you start to say, you're right, Joel. That's exactly right. We don't want to just reject stuff that happened that was you know, bad or uncomfortable. We want to embrace it and see how it led us to good stuff and, uh, and appreciate where it brought us to instead of appreciating staying in it. I mean, if if his entire life had been to stay in the dumpster, well, he wouldn't have been a guest on my show in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, what kind of a story is that? Uh, you know, it, it's the endless gloom and despair story that never ends. <laughs> Nobody oh, wants wow. to hear that one. Heck, we've all heard that one a thousand times. You know, who wants to hear that one again?
1: Wow. So even right now, I'm kind of taking stock of my story came in three parts. Yep. One, somebody rifled through my car. Two, I fell and kind of glided across the concrete on my driveway. And three, I ended up with a sprained ankle. And if I look at those three pieces, it's pretty amazing that I have no negative feelings about somebody going through my car. And nothing was taken. There wasn't even any damage. Nothing. Nothing you
0: know. Bravo, by the um, way. And, you, this is, it, this, this it, is the point where you're supposed more... to applaud and you're supposed to say, yeah, thank you, congratulations, I did that, hooray, I, I stayed positive yeah. and, in a situation that other people would melt down in. So, good going, Wendy. Yeah.
1: yeah, so it's like, that's really cool. The second one is I had a pretty good fall on the driveway. <laughs>
0: I love the way you phrase that. <laughs> I had a good fall. I <laughs> had
1: <laughs> a good fall, not a bad one, I had a
2: good fall.
1: Um, And it's like I came away from it, you know, I I mean, to me, the fact that I scraped my cheek across concrete, that was actually my biggest concern. You know, is that going to create some kind of a marring effect on on my facial features? Hmm. And it's like, that was nothing. And so all of those things kind of blew me away. But I never got angry that I fell. I wasn't saying, what's wrong with me? Oh, I'm such a, a klutz or, you know, you know, oh, stupid me. I shouldn't have worn these shoes. It was like none of that stuff. It was like, yes, here I am. I'm on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and my girlfriend's like, can I help you up? And I'm like, I want to just sit here for a moment, <laughs> you know. Cause, and I truly did. I felt the desire to be present with what happened and just kind of let the energy of I fell on the ground, kind of rush through me until you know there, there's kind of tingles that you feel on parts of your body when you scrape them on concrete oh yeah and it's like i wanted to wait for all the tingles to kind of dissipate
2: okay. and then at
1: that point she said you want me to help you up i said no i really don't want you to have to pull the brunt of all of me <laughs> right now so i said give me something and she had a scarf and because i had bare knees you know and i i just kneeled on the scarf and you know i was able to pull myself up so of the three parts of my story The first two are pretty darn amazing.
0: They're very amazing. You handled them beautifully, and and they show just how much importance we have to attach to all the work you've done up until that point that enabled you to come through that with such flying colors and so completely unaffected by any negatives that were involved in it. That's fantastic.
1: That was pretty cool. So, like, I'm acknowledging myself right now. I'm going to have a moment of celebration. Yay! Yay. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is I've spent many years, Working to this end, I've spent many years changing how I respond to things because my desire was to just let what is just be and be present with what is, regardless what it is. Even if somebody decides to, you know, in other people's words, violate my vehicle, <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't even feel violated. Which is great. I really don't.
2: That's really great. You know,
1: I'm, yeah. I mean, my ex-husband had his car, you know rifled like three times since it sat on our driveway and i said to him i go why did you lock your doors (laughs) (laughs) you know and he wouldn't answer why he wouldn't lock his doors he would just get angry at the people who did it and then eventually (laughs) his locks his locks didn't work so he couldn't lock his car
0: (laughs) thereby having the universe reinforce his pattern
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I'd say, why don't we have the lock fixed? No, it's not worth it. Okay.
0: It's not worth it. <laughs> then
1: somebody would rifle through his car again, and he'd get all angry all over again. And By the third time it happened, I'm like, I threw my hands in the air and went, never mind. I, you know, I'll listen to you because I love you and I care about you, but I had nothing to contribute to that conversation.
0: <laughs> to me, that's a lot like the experience that Louise and I had many years ago when I, Michaela, my niece, was about... I'm going to say over like 4 or 5. We had just recently moved to Virginia near where they were on the Lake Smith Mountain Lake and Michaela came over to spend the day with us. And on that particular day, Michaela just I'm not sure what was going on with her, but something was going on and she felt like she needed some attention. And almost within 5 minutes of being in the door. It wasn't quite that quick, but almost within 5 minutes of being on the door, in the door, she was throwing a tantrum about something. And neither Louise nor I were jumping up and reacting to it. We were both, you know, just kind of watching it. And after she came to like a breathing space, I turned to Louise and I said, is this working for you? And Louise said, nope, is this working for you? No, not really. And we both looked at her, it's not working. And that was the end of the tantrum.
1: <laughs> wow. Wow. That is so cool.
0: (laughs) And she was great the rest of the day. It was a wonderful visit after that. It was absolutely a wonderful visit. We loved having her over.
1: Like you just didn't feed into the drama that she was presenting with at the time.
0: Just not buying into it. Not there. Sorry. Not happening.
1: (laughs) You know, that kind of reminds me of the story. I've seen this happen, and I've heard others talk about this. That if a a child, let's say, who's kind of pre-verbal, you know, hurts themselves or they fall down or they bang their head or whatever, bang their arm. They look around to see who's watching them. Mm. And if they don't see anybody, most of the time they pick themselves up and move on.
0: Right. Yes.
1: (laughs) But if they see their mother, they start bawling and running over to their mother.
0: And when the mother isn't giving quite the reaction that they want, then they bawl louder.
1: But if there's nobody there to react, yes. it's kind of like, huh, oh, well, move on.
0: <laughs> well, that would not work. And I think that's really,
1: that's just a fascinating thing. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, some little child who would really hurt themselves severely. No, I'm no, sure no. they would let out a scream. Of course. But just the things that are like minor bumps and bruises, you know, that kind of thing, they look around to see, is there somebody here who will react to me? If so, I think I'll make some noise and some drama. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of fascinating. And I guess I was one of those kids that I don't know if I ever bothered to look around because, for me, to make drama had a negative stigma on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, what can I do to not have? What can I do to not be the drama queen? You know, everybody else is in the drama space, and to me, they were getting negative attention. You know, like people were telling them, "Get over yourself." Right. You know, stop it. You know, or if, uh, you know the phrase. Um, Quit crying or I'll give you something to cry about.
2: Oh, dear, yes. Um,
1: you know, so I didn't want to be in that category. So I I would be the anti-drama person, mm. you know. But All I right. think you picked up something interesting that finally it was like, when is it my turn to have just a moment of drama? Because, like, I'm really hurt. I mean, this is a real something. This isn't a fake something. Yeah. This is like I can barely walk something.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, And that, and also it was about attention. I mean, we all love to have attention. Some of us love it a lot more than others. Some of us are, are more like me, that most of our lives we want to avoid the attention. But even so, even for somebody who was as shy as I was growing up, there were times I still wanted to have attention. I just didn't know how to get it. But that doesn't mean I didn't want it, didn't, doesn't mean I didn't need it. And at some points in our lives, we just we just need attention. We just need somebody to, I, I think, I can't remember who it was. it was. It was a character in a TV series or something like that that says, the purpose of marriage is to have a witness to our lives. And I thought that was really hmm. poignant because that's exactly what a large portion of it is. It's having a witness, having somebody there to say, I see you, I understand you, I appreciate you, I hear what you're going through, I love you, I care about you. Oh, good. Thank God. <laughs> I
1: like that. So the purpose of marriage is to have somebody witness you. I think that is fabulous.
0: That's a really good insight, I isn't it?
1: Of, of, of witnessing. Yeah. I, I mean, that's something that I do even when I'm coaching is sometimes somebody needs to tell their story that they've never actually said out loud.
2: hmm
1: And I'll just say, I'm here to witness you, and I acknowledge you really went through that experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and I had um, I was traveling with two two dear friends of mine in a car. Um, they would become dear friends. I barely knew them at the time, but we were all going to an Abraham workshop oh. about three hours away, and we had all connected and said, Hey, let's go together. Yeah. And you know, we had like four hours to kill in the car, and so we're talking about all sorts of stuff. And I was telling some boohoo story about my my childhood, and one of them just turned around because I was in the back seat and they were in the front, and one of them turned around and said has anybody acknowledged you for the strong, brilliant child that you were? Ooh. And it just struck me like, huh? (laughs) And I said, no. And she said, well, I acknowledge you. She said, you made some incredibly wise, brilliant, and courageous choices at at such a young age without the guidance to know that that was going to be a good choice. And I went, thank you. Well, my life was changed after that.
2: I'm sure it was in that,
1: in that area of my life, it's like those woes, if you will, have never come back to the surface. That was probably about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Because somebody took the time to just say, "I hear you, I see you, I acknowledge what you went through. It was a big deal.:
0: And the really and cool went, part wow. is the, the real cool part is that we can all do that. We can all look for opportunities to say, I acknowledge you. I I see you. I I understand what you're going through. I applaud what you did. Mm -hmm. And if we all did that, oh, this would be an entirely different world. First of all, television would disappear. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: sometimes all we need is the acknowledgement, and then we can move on. Yes. And sometimes if we – because I think the the stuff I was sharing with these two ladies that day was stuff that not only have I – told the story of a million times and spent countless hours on a therapist chair telling my therapist, and we never moved through it, Um, to that day, I truly felt understood. Mm. And then I never talked about it again.
0: You didn't need to. Why would you want to? You'd been acknowledged. That's what you needed. It was done.
1: Yeah. And I didn't even realize the power of that until it occurred. And I was like, wow and I even thought about it. okay, well, I talked about this a lot in therapy. What did we really do in therapy? And because of the um when I did the therapy, the style was, you know, you blame your parents for everything.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we trick you know. So we were in the blame your parents stage.
2: Right. And right. that's
1: where I was when I was in therapy. Blame your parents. Okay, it's their fault. <laughs> you know, write them a letter why you think they did you wrong. Okay, I did that. <laughs> but I never Simply got acknowledged, and it's not like I was planning on getting any kind of therapeutic reprieve of anything. I'm just in the car chatting with these two lovely ladies, and it was just part of the conversation. It was so natural, and yet it was so incredibly healing. It blew my mind. Blew my mind.
0: It makes an awful so, lot of sense, though.
1: So here's my here's my recommendation. Find somebody to go driving with to an Abraham workshop, and who knows what can happen in your life (laughs) to turn inside
2: out.
0: (laughs) It's also a a good thing i found, and I've learned this from my wife, it's a good thing to ask for something. My wife is really good at making very clear when she needs something. She doesn't play games at all. I mean, for instance, if she wants a hug, you know what she does? She throws her arms open. Like, okay, well, I know what that person wants (laughs) This is easy. I don't have to guess on this one. So I guess my point is it it pays to let somebody know in a way that's very, very obvious. I need some recognition. I I just need somebody to witness what's going on with me. And I don't want to make a big deal that goes on forever. I I just want somebody to witness it. I just want somebody to acknowledge it. It doesn't hurt to have know. I
1: I do have a girlfriend that she and I, uh, we connected about three years ago. And it was different than the two friends I was just referring to. And she and I would start to go out about once a week and just share a meal. And our meal would go on for like, and not because we were eating, but we would sit there for hours and hours and hours. Because in a way, we were downloading what happened for us that week. Oh. And the self-discoveries that we had made. Yeah. And we, what we recognized eventually is we were each other's witnesses. Hmm. Because we, we both lived alone. Yep. And it's like we witnessed what each other experienced. And it was so, it's so validating.
2: Sure.
1: And we would leave dinner feeling like on a cloud. We felt so elevated, <laughs> so encouraged, so inspired to, like, move on into the next week. And we'd say at the end of every, every Friday night when we went out to dinner, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next week when we talk. <laughs> because we just set ourselves up for something so good because we felt just on top of the world. It was awesome.
0: Well, hopefully our listeners are also feeling the validation because, unfortunately, we can't keep validating. We're out of validation time.
1: (laughs) Ah, But we'll do it again tomorrow. (laughs) Oh,
0: isn't that the good news? We get to do it again each day. I love that part. Uh, Before we go, though, I want to remind people, if you have not yet subscribed to LOA Today, please do do so. Go to LOAToday.net. Or with your iPhone, you can also go to iTunes or to the podcast software and subscribe directly there. Just search on LOA Today. And on Google or on uh, uh, Android, rather, you can go to Google Play and you can subscribe there as well. And uh, where can someone someone find you if they need some coaching help, Wendy, really quickly?
1: WendyDillard.com.
0: That does it right there. Wendy, it's been a pleasure as usual.
2: It's been a blast.
0: We'll see you again tomorrow here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.
2: Bye-bye.